M. Rossiano. How dare you? And that is correct. I feel attacked and seen all at once. <laughs> and Michael Lucas. I was working for Baz Luhrmann. Oh, I'll just pick that name up. Oh, no, but it, yeah, I was. This is M. Salation. My vagina's dying. She's just going, it's like... <laughs> You're in Emsolation. Well, hello there. Welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano, and I am a stand-up comedian, a writer, a singer, a maximalist power queen, and this is my podcast. Welcome, welcome. I'm also your spiritual guide for the next hour or so. Shortly, I will be joined by my best friend since I was 11, screenwriter Michael Lucas, and together we will discuss the topics that have tickled our fancies for the week. What's tickled our fancies this week? Lord. Lord's fancy has tickled our fancy. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, Lord has released a teaser image for her upcoming album, single, we're not sure, Solar Power. And it's a striking image. Let's put it that way. That's all I'll say. We're obsessed with it. If you've seen it, you'll know why I'm obsessed with it. Good for her. It's a powerful situation. And I'm here for it. We also talk about Bo Burnham's special Inside on Netflix. There's no spoilers or anything. You can listen and it'll make you want to watch it. It's pretty much rearranged our DNA. We're both obsessed with it. We've both been deeply moved and troubled by it. You'll hear. And also the Liberal Party's conspiracy theory that Dan Andrews has spent the last 90 days, I don't know, building a 5G tower, talking to aliens. Mm, it's pretty hectic. How have you been if you're in Melbourne? You've got the news, obviously, that lockdown is being semi-lifted. There's still a lot of restrictions in place, but at least a lot of small businesses can open. Those of us in the arts are still fucked. <laughs> yeah, but cool. I'm glad for other people, though. I know the worry. I know the worry that sets in when you realise income that you were relying on has been removed. I understand. Trust me intimately can you hear the rain i don't know if you can hear the rain i can hear it. it's raining it's a very very cold day i am in my studio at the back of my parents house i've got the heater on i'm quite cozy um, my face is being warmed by the insulation what is it a neon sign situation I'm by myself i'm wearing a fancy shirt as you've seen i've popped it up online i've got a statement collar and a statement sleeve and i am wearing skinny jeans I don't give a shit if the Zoomers say they're out of fashion. Piss off. If you want to wear hipster jeans, go for it, mate. I still have the scars on my hip bones. I still have the scars on my hip bones. And by the way, my cesarean scars are too high. I, I, I can't wear it. I don't want to. You can't bend over. You can't live your life in hipster jeans. But let the Zoomers figure that out for themselves. I don't give a shit. I'll be comfortable in my high-waisted skinny jeans. The higher the waist, the closer to God, in my opinion. I have been doing some hard work on myself. And I'm going to have a chat with you. We're going to have a time. I always think about what I want to say to you guys because I know that it's, it's kind of a privilege to know that I have people who want to listen. Well, or you can just skip forward a little 15-second spinny thing, whatever you want. I don't mind. I've been doing therapy and I've been also drilling down onto why I have this relentless need to understand myself of the past six months. I... I really have kind of committed to wanting to ease my passage through this world <laughs> because up until, you know, probably late last year, every day was this mystery emotional roller coaster for me and I wanted to get off it really badly. 
I just wanted a nice smooth road to drive on for a bit. And obviously the ADHD diagnosis, which I feel like it's all I talk about now, but it has kind of consumed me and my thoughts and my life and every waking moment I have. And I, I realised that I've felt trapped in an old version of M. Does that make sense? I think there's a way, a certain way that I was 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, where I was a person who'd had a baby very young. I had this really kind of life-changing, traumatic, incredible reality TV experience, which gave me a career I had no preparation for and kind of thrust into the public eye. And prior to that, I was just like, I was just an elite athlete. I was a teenager. I was a baby. And I'd, I'd never really had to think of or worry about anyone else but myself. So that version of M went into radio and went into TV. And I'm a different person now. I'm 42 now, not 22. So I think that I kind of have become obsessed with letting people know about the new version of M <laughs> instead of believing it myself. I know, guys, this is hectic stuff, but I've really been thinking about it. And there are some people who probably worked with me when I was 24, 25, who still view me through the lens of the old version of me. And I am acutely aware of that. And I think I put so much out there as some way to try and reach the people that I have maybe upset or affected with my behavior and let them know that I've grown as a person and that I'm figuring out stuff as we all do. But I wasn't buying into that myself. Does that make sense? I have been incredibly hard on myself. I've just been kind of performing for other people to show how what, like evolved I am and how self-aware I am, but I haven't actually been allowing myself to believe it and cut myself some slack. So, yeah, that's been my own little weird existential crisis for the week. But I know that having these meaningful conversations with you about the hard stuff in life, I know that it helps a lot of you, but it also helps me to get clear on it. And the more we talk about the hard stuff, and, and a lot of people say to me, you know, thank you for talking about your mental health. You're very brave. You're very brave. And I get really uncomfortable when people call me brave for talking about my mental health because it's, it's not brave. I don't have a choice. If you're someone who struggles with their mental health or who is working on it, you'll know the compulsion to want to shout it to the rooftops when you do realise things, or if you don't talk about it, you'll drown in it. So I don't feel brave. And then, you know, some people are worried. They, I, I get sent messages, I can't talk about my mental health because I'm worried I won't get a job. And I guess I have the luxury of being self-employed. So that's the other thing. You know, I do appreciate that it's not easy for everyone too. But if you are someone struggling with your mental health, if you are listening to me now and you are feeling a bit like life may swallow you whole, the first best great thing and bravest thing you can do is talk about it to someone you trust. And it's the easiest advice I can give you because, of course, you should go to your doctor and try and exercise a bit more and get your body to move and, and put good food into it and drink enough water and maybe lay off the stimulants for a while, you know, alcohol, coffee, and anything else you're into. But that's all hard. Oh, God, it's so hard. Talking to someone is the easiest thing, I think, is the best advice I can give you. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I don't even know why. I just wanted to get that off my chest. <laughs> that I have been trapped in an old version of myself and I 
know I have upgraded her and I have to just focus on believing that myself and allowing other people to discover that over time rather than ramming it down everyone's throat, which I think I have been doing. All right, that's enough from me. I'm going to bring in my best mate who I'm not going to tell you why because I can't. Yesterday I had a real mm, disappointment professionally. It was devastating. I was so, even Scott was like, he was very worried normally Scott's like you'll be right but even Scott kind of lent in and Michael was incredible and talked me through it I wish Michael Lucas I wish a friend for you like Michael Lucas he's the person I talk to about my mental health he is my go-to rock as well as my husband but I just wanted to let you know he was in action yesterday my best friend who's about to appear and we will talk about Lord's extraordinary bottom he's there behind the scenes when the mics are off guys and Michael I know you're listening I love you very much and I know I don't say that enough I don't think I ever say it to you I don't think we ever say we love each other to each other which is so weird because we both throw it around so much I love you and thank you for always answering when I call and sending me messages like no I don't think you should publicly out them I think that that would end up ultimately hurting you he had to send that to me yesterday. All right, that's it. It's a long intro, but I have a lot to say. But you can skip it or go back, whatever you want. Okay, play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. I bring him in off the back of a lengthy discussion about Lord's butthole. <laughs> Lord's coit. <laughs> Lord's exquisite taint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're after a flyer, guys. Welcome, bestie Michael Lucas, not Thank the you. porn star. Have we even discussed the fact that you've now usurped him as the king of Michael Lucas's on Google? It does feel like a historical event, or at the very least, a very significant event in my personal history, and I, I thank you for commemorating it. It feels key. Well, remember, to let people know in the past when people would Google Michael Lucas. Yeah, you would get a Russian porn star, but the world's number one gay porn star has an empire called Lucas Entertainment. If you Google image Michael Lucas, you were really in for a treat. (laughs) (laughs) But now, and we always said, Michael, you need to get famous enough. Oh, it's this podcast that's nudged me over. It had to be. Yes. I love that for us. Fantastic. Uh, Yes. Speaking of, but going back to Lord finally has let us know that after five years since the masterpiece that was melodrama and you and I were obsessed with melodrama, like it was just such a Oh, such a good album. I know. there was a, It was one of those times I was listening through and she sings this song, Liability, and I just felt like it had been yanked out of M's soul. Mm, mm. I've covered it. I've, there's a cover on my Instagram yes. channel of me singing Liability because I, I heard it and I burst into tears. It's like, how dare you go into my innermost soul and write all the things I think about myself and put it to a catchy pop ballad she did and that other one i bet you rule the day you kissed a rider in the dark oh i love that one too i love that one but also i like green light i could do the upbeat radio friendly one too i just loved it (laughs) the whole album yeah it's been amazing it was amazing and it's been five long years and finally yesterday the first image that i saw online when i opened the interwebs was her stunning bottom Leaping over a camera lens 
And I'm like, well, clearly Lord has spent the last five years doing squats and burpees. <laughs> she is serving a peachy bottom. And it was kind of so unlawed also. So unlawed in an intriguing way. I think it's, I would put it as a bigger flip than even Billie Eilish coming out blonde in in all of that lingerie. I I felt like. Yeah, 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 you're right. It it feels like the the emo girls have decided that they're going to allow some sunshine in, literally. (laughs) (laughs) To their nether regions. (laughs) To their nether regions. So, yes, she's leaping across a camera lens and the album, is it the album or the single called Solar Power? Look, she's very mysterious. I don't mm. think she's specified. It could be both. I mean, we could don't know. Be both. Is it an ode to climate change? Is this what's? Is it a sexy climate change album? Look, I'm ready for that. She. <laughs> if anyone's going to sex, I was going to say if anyone's going to sex up climate change, it'd be Lord. But I wouldn't have seen it from her. But I'm open to it. Oh yeah, I'm totally up for this rebranding of sexy climate warrior. Bottom extraordinaire. It was also a good sort of post-lockdown image. Like if you're going to do yes. post-lockdown, what better way to do it than, than your naked ass from below as you leap towards the sun? <laughs> if I had a leapt across a camera post, <laughs> post-lockdown last year, people would have been like, is that a bear doing a hurdle? <laughs> is Merlin leaning over the top of a camera? What's going on? <laughs> People would have been like, <laughs> she's definitely had a cesarean or two. I can tell can you Can we that part much. the hairy curtain, please? Yeah, full on. I saw it everywhere. I just had to laugh. Like I saw it initially and I instantly sent it to you. Of course. Then I, it just kept popping up as this glorious, I don't want to sexualise her and I don't want to make it a big deal because she can do whatever the fuck she wants. It's empowering. It's strong. She's an artist going in a new direction, but it's just such a stunningly striking image. It really is. And it's also, I love it that there was, there were no sort of interim steps. We've gone from like black haired in the dark, white, pale Lord being depressed at a piano. And now all of a sudden, (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen her legs, let alone. Me neither. Straight up the father. I mean. For me, yeah, no courtesy fingers. No courtesy fingers from Lord whatsoever. Just straight in. Without warning, I also love the reason we have waited five years. And what is that? I just thought it was to build anticipation and from the way no. we're carrying on, it clearly worked. Look how staffed <laughs> we are. We are desperate for some Lord. First of all, her dog died and she was devastated. And I want everyone to know I get these reasons, I support these reasons. So first of all, she was devastated that her dog died and I think she was like on the precipice of maybe thinking about announcing a release date and then she felt like she couldn't. And then she realised that this is, I love this so much, she realised that this album would require her wildest hair ever. So therefore she needed two years at least to grow the mane out so that the (laughs) hair did the music justice. And not since Beyonce appeared upside down doing an elaborate kind of Middle Eastern belly dance and the wig <laughs> was stayed in place, the lace didn't move, it was stunning. Not has so much thought been put into hair and music correlation and I'm here for it oh, I support it. You've got to respect it. <laughs> I dare say you would never have that patience but you can respect it. Oh, no, like I'm really close to shaving my hair off. <gasps> Sinead O'Connor style. Oh, just probably more Britney, 2007, but... <laughs> Just, I don't know, I'm, I just want to shave it off, dye it a bright colour and that's all I have to do in the morning. I'm really looking for ways to simplify my life. It is <laughs> amazing. I've had shaved hair a few times mm. and it's so great. I mean, it's so, I mean, obviously it takes two seconds to wash and you never have to worry about ah. it. 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, if I thought I could carry it off, I would. I but believe you could. I'll tell oh, you you look great. I set you up for that. Thank you for being on brand. Not like Lord, though. You were very Michael Lucas then. But I, I also, the other thing I love about Lord is I feel like sometimes my favourite divas hit us with too many albums too quickly and mm. I'm just not ready. Like even after, I love Lemonade so much. And then remember when Beyonce and Jay-Z came out with that one where they're in the Louvre and I was just like, oh, I want to love it, but I'm just, I'm still digesting. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not ready for it. And Ariana Grande, she hits you with something every other week. Yes, it's true. So many tasty morsels come from the Grande and Lord makes us wait. Oh. But then makes it worth it. Oh, and I feel I like she's written eight hundred songs, and she's oh, going. I'm just so. going to just going to boil this down to eight. And I also want to know who came up with the taint shot. Like whose idea was it to go full cheek? Someone had to kind of go. All right, okay. I know traditionally we like to look like a sassy witch, but hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> We're going to move away from sassy witch. I'm going to go more towards the beach frolicking Insta model situation. And I wonder, like, I just, I want to be a part of that creative process. It was so brave and well thought out and timed. Well, and I want to know, was it something random that happened on the day that they loved? Or was it, did she go into the meeting going, (laughs) I'm seeing... Yeah, my From below, distorted fisheye lens into the sun. Ask the sun is my concept. And I just feel like every single sub-editor just sent a silent prayer of thanks to her because the headlines, the amount of puns that I have seen. I read a lot of arse, exertainment. Like there was just a lot of play on words from a lot of different places and I'll make sure Marcella finds them and put them online. But the whole thing, everyone's a winner from yesterday's shoot (laughs) and we have managed to spend about 20 minutes talking about it and we know fuck all about the album. So, (laughs) Well done, Lord. Lord, mission accomplished. Now, sadly, moving on from Lord's delicious bottom, we must go to something that you and I, our DNA has been restructured (laughs) after watching (laughs) this particular Netflix special, Bo Burnham's Inside. It was a Netflix special written, performed, directed, shot and edited by stand-up comedian writer, producer, director, musician, Bo Burnham. My brain did not want to accept that he did all those things. As you knew, I fought it. I was like, I was desperately looking for an explanation that he had 800 crew members helping. And there wasn't, and we learned that. But if I have to distill it, it's essentially a super engaging, hour-long musical existential crisis executed with so much grace and talent, it made my heart hurt and sing simultaneously. I don't even know where to start. It's this deeply nuanced, self-aware piece of current culture critique. It's made me want to write poetry. It was filmed in one small room, shot over a year, 2020, in lockdown, and it's a musical stand-up concert slash self-confessional slash visual diary of basically one man's slow mental demise. But it's so watchable and funny and relatable that you're along for it. I didn't feel depressed at the end of it. I felt inspired. But he, at some points, is openly weeping to camera clearly suffering and struggling, but I felt so connected to him and I thought about it long and hard because I couldn't sleep after I watched it. And the reason I connected with it is because Bo exists in deep nuance and I realise that I exist in deep nuance. I am unable just to take something at face value. I have to forensically unpack, digest, dissect, 
roll around in and feel everything about everything all the time. <laughs> and it's fucking exhausting. And he did the same thing, but with songs. I oh, know. <laughs> and that's why I connected it. Catchy, catchy pop songs. <laughs> And also during it, he becomes so many different characters from the internet. He's a white woman on Instagram, that song, white woman on Instagram. It is one of those ones that you think, how did no one think of this before he did it? He basically spoofs all the cliches of a white woman's Instagram and he has skewered it so perfectly. Yeah. But the thing I love about it, there's still nuance in it because when he gets to the bit, when you listen to the song, he gets to a bit where the woman is posting about her mother and he doesn't take the piss out of that. I mean, it's all sort of generally taking the piss out of it, but he lets that moment be empathetic in its own way. Mm. And so he's Mm. never painting anything as, you know, just just some sort of terrible arch stereotype. He finds the nuance in everything. White woman, a white woman's Instagram. Her favourite photo of her mom The caption says I can't believe it It's been a decade since you've been gone Mama, I miss you I miss sitting with you in the front yard Still figuring out how to keep living without you It's got a little better but it's still hard Mama, I got a job I love in my own apartment Mama, Boyfriend and I'm crazy about him Your little girl didn't do too bad Mama, I love you, give a hug and kiss to dad Oh, Mm. he's a genius I think he missed one internet stereotype and one song White men on Instagram. <laughs> you could have. Or just white men on the internet in general. I think there could have been a real moment of, like, he may have imploded in introspection. Like, it may have been too much for him. Because yeah. he started out, obviously, as a white man on YouTube. So he's a happy folk singer with a sock puppet. He's oh, a man. Twitch streamer. Twitch streamers who review video games. And so he's reviewing himself in a video game in the room that he's in, walking around crying. It, that was incredible. <laughs> I've, I too have spent quite a bit of time unpacking why it made such a bit. Because to me, the feeling when I was watching it was, oh my god, you're witnessing someone take an art form to the next level, and it's mm. just it's so exciting when you see that happen. Mm. And firstly, like the whole construction of it, I mean, the, to shoot something in that way by one person wasn't even possible, really. About like all mm. the things he's got with the remote control camera moves and everything like that. It's only been in the past like seven years or something that you could even attempt to do anything like this in the way that he's doing. And that sense of precision that he's cared about every detail of every cut and that he's across everything. Mm. But also I feel like simultaneously, I don't know that anyone up until this point has actually done a great piece of art about lockdown because we were still too close to it. And he was in it and it really captures the weird mental space that you're in in lockdown. And then I also don't think anyone's done a great piece of art yet about just the internet and social mm. media and because we're still struggling to figure out what it means for our lives. And so that he came in and managed to just so perfectly skewer and observe both things simultaneously with catchy songs and amazing mm. performances. Just, it really blew me away. And I think what took it to the next level was the constant flipping between the characters and then him tinkering with the cameras, with the tape measure, working out exactly how far away he needed to be, him testing lights, Mm. angles. It was the flipping between the art and the artist in his kind of space Mm. that I loved most because it really gave you this sense of he was alone. 
This poor dude was really alone and all the little finicky figuring out of angles and getting the disco ball to spin at exactly the right time while he's literally sitting there at his jocks. Mm. And, of course, then I, because of my brain, did a thorough deep dive on Bo Burnham and his last comedy special was called Make Happy and... It was the last kind of stand-up thing he did, which he kind of addresses here, that he quit stand-up five years ago because he just got so anxious and was having panic attacks on stage Mm. and he just couldn't do it anymore and he decided to kind of spend five years getting mentally well and then when he felt ready to head out into the world again, then coronavirus, exactly at that moment he had a show scheduled for January in the States and that was it. So I think... We wouldn't have got this special if he hadn't have had the five years off to work on himself because, oddly, you need to be a very strong person mentally to do what he did. Even though it appears that he's unravelling, he couldn't have done that and made something so complete and whole if he was actually as broken as comes across in the special. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Well, (laughs) also, I mean, you have to, to a certain extent, be a completely obsessive personality to to be able to stick at something that long and in that kind of level of detail and everything. So I'm sure in some ways the task of saying focus on this thing to the exclusion of all else for an entire year would (laughs) not help your mental health. No. And the other thing is I'm so jealous Oh, I know. Look, I was too, and I obviously have no musical ability or anything and can't really perform, so I I, I just, I'm not even in the running, but I did did spare a thought for every performer, writer-performer I know. Every writer-performer I know, I thought, oh, they're going to be dazzled by this, but they're also going to be sleepless for weeks after this, just thinking, he has raised the game, and how do you, like, what does that mean for your next show? But I also love that he has raised the bar because for so long musical comedians, we are the, like, unpopular second cousins of the comedy world. Yeah. And I feel like I owe him a great debt of gratitude because he's validating us. And also this year's comedy festival had so many incredible musical comedians, Ruben Kay, Michelle Brazier, Jude Pearl. There's so many. It's emerging now. You know, when I started out doing musical comedy 12 years ago, I was so hated and not taken seriously. And People had a sort of attitude like, well, you know, at the end of the day, she just relies on her songs. And her singing and they have to clap. But here's a guy that it's so much more than just standing on stage with a stool talking about how you can't get a girlfriend, you know, which for so long was the white man's comedy crutch. And it's just elevating it to a place where I'm so proud it is and it's like fucking game on, Moles. And the other horrifying thing is he's he's also just 30. 30. He's He's 30. 30. And (laughs) I was freaked out because he also has already, I didn't realise he was the one person because I knew of this guy, Bo Burnham, that put songs on YouTube. I was aware Mm. of that. Mm. And I was also knew of this film Eighth Grade. Mm. that he wrote and directed wrote and two directed years ago. It, yeah. And I didn't even realise that was him. And then in addition to that, I'd seen the movie Promising Young Woman. Oh, yeah. Mm. And he's also the star of that. And I was really impressed with him. And then all of a sudden I realised that is the one person. And not only that, that <laughs> one person was in his 20s that whole time. I know. Disgusting. It's I disgusting. hate him and I love him. So, I mean, if we have not inspired you to watch Bo Burnham's Inside on Netflix, I mean, I don't know what to do for you. But I just... I. Besides relating to, I'm just really losing my mind over it again. Besides relating to the deep nuance, I also related to that self loop of performing, 
making it, then worrying about how the audience perceive it. Is it going to be relevant? Are they going to hate it? I don't care if I hate it. Of course I care if I hate it. Am I adding to a terrible conversation? Does anyone give a fuck? Should I be making jokes at this point in time? How am I going to make a living? And it's just this constant infinite loop that he was in that I just got. I just... Anyway, go and watch that, it, guys. And that, and which is the same sort of loop that it feels like to be on the internet, everything all at once, mm. which is what he sings about oh, constantly. That. If you want recipes or you want pictures of naked women's feet, <laughs> he really, really captures just how – and it's interesting to step out of it because we've only mm. – you know, we haven't had the internet long and think, how no. weird is it? How What is it doing to us? Not and he's things. asking those questions and kind of performing it at the same time. It's – yeah. Well, the one song where he is the internet is amazing. Oh. <laughs> All right, we'll stop, we'll stop. Everyone's like, shut up, guys. All right, we're going to just both of us have a cold shower because obviously Bo's got us worked up and Lord's bottom and we're going to come back <laughs> and talk conspiracy theories around Dan Andrews' fall. Was he having a booze up with Lindsay Fox? No. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is Emsolation. Okay, Michael, we need this this story. I mean, obviously, Victoria, we've just received the news, Melbourne, Greater Melbourne, that we're semi-easing out of lockdown. Yes. Restrictions are easing somewhat. Not a great deal, but somewhat. (laughs) Somewhat. You can't have visitors to your home, but cafes can have 50 people. Yes, and you can have 10 people outside for a gav at a park. Anyway, on Monday... Victoria's Shadow Health Minister Louise Staley sent out a media release where she outlined 12 questions that Dan Andrews must answer before he comes back to work. They included, what time was the ambulance called after he fell? Who called the ambulance? Did the police attend? What is the address of the property? Which ambulance station was the ambulance dispatched from? Was Dan Andrews wearing boxes or briefs that morning? <laughs> I think you always need to say the last one was actually a joke, but the rest of it was totally legit because Correct. it is all so wacky. And Correct. such a transparent attempt to, like, if you didn't know that there's theories about this, well, start Googling, Victoria, which is pretty much what everyone did. She said that. Oh, yeah, she said, Dan Andrews has been on sick leave for 91 days. He has continued to be paid as Premier despite not doing the job. If there is no cover-up, then there is no reason not to provide answers to these simple questions. <laughs> Did she say it? I love it, the tone that you found for her. Exactly. That's exactly how she... What the fuck? Like, he broke his back, babes. He didn't, like, you know, hit his shin on a toe bar. He broke his back. Also, can you explain to me... So the theory... The conspiracy theory was that he was at Lindsay Fox's Portsy <laughs> Mansion or something. Is that the, But also, firstly... Uh, so what? So, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, he was on holiday. I mean, maybe it makes him look a bit too cosy, cosy with power. And and there was that time when Lindsay Fox said he was doing a good job. And the, so I don't know what... The worst case scenario is, oh, is he a bit cosy with the business community? But... I don't know. If you're a liberal, aren't you supposed to be crazy with the business community? I'll I'll be honest. If I got invited to Lindsay Fox's Sorrento mansion, I would fucking go. Oh, you would. Imagine the quality of rosé I would get at that mansion. (laughs) Oh, my God, I could bathe in it. There'd be caviar. Their beds all definitely have matching sheets, put it that way. You know, the towels would be for display purposes. They'd be high-quality towels all the time for everyone, no matter what. When you do rent the coastal Airbnb, if you ever do, it's often the sheets where it comes to guts, doesn't it? You look at them, they're all complete. You think, oh, you've just put all your aunt's old sheets in one package. Lindsay wouldn't stand for that. 
And they're also saying the other conspiracy, because I, of course, had to go and research it because I became obsessed, is that the hospital photos were faked. (laughs) What? So we're oh, so so this is like going so far to say he's not even injured. Is that is that what that means? I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to get at. But I'll tell you right now, I'm an eyewitness. I was at the Alfred when Dan Andrews was admitted. He was there. It's fine. My husband was also there and was the rock star of the ward until Dan arrived. They're on the same ward, the trauma <laughs> ward, and Scotty was getting treated like a king. And then all of a sudden, oh, Dan arrives. No one gave a fuck about Scott Barrow anymore. So I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm sure the hardworking medical professional still gave Scott the care he needed. Oh, yeah, but he didn't get the special attention that he ate. Okay. I mean, the nurses were great. You know I love nurses. I have a very big soft spot for them. But Dan was at the fucking hospital. Of course he was. But Michael O'Brien, who is obviously the opposition leader, well, I don't understand how this got through the keeper. Like, even some people in the Liberal Party are like, guys, this is wild. Yes, and but he was sort of trapped in this. He was grilled about it, obviously, and he sort of ended up in this funny place where they're like, "Going, she's a member of your cabinet. So, did you do you concur with what she was asking? Do you?" And then he just sort of said something like, "Well, she's a member of my cabinet, yes." And then quickly scuttled away. <laughs> I mean, I it kind of chilled me a little bit because you, it, it does terrify me in America. You know, the amount of people that are in Congress that believe in QAnon, and thankfully, we're nowhere near that that yet, but just sort of the bringing of internet conspiracy theories into proper politics mm. to, to raise them in that way just felt like, oh, we're getting people used to the ideas that conspiracy theories can be legitimised and, oh, I don't know. It felt, it made me feel queasy to think that an elected official was saying that sort of thing. It's kind of wild. And, look, I'm really sensitive to the fact that some people listening now are not Dan Andrews fans. They've had it with the whole lockdown. Your businesses are suffering. My business has suffered. I get it. I understand if you are really anti-Labor at the moment because who else are you going to blame? It's it's a hard, awful time. But if you can separate that from a situation where a man fractured five ribs and had an acute compression fracture of one of his vertebrae and was taken to a hospital, like... And now he's having his sick leave questioned. First of all, Dan Andrews put in how many days in a row during the pandemic last year? Like, he's earned his sick leave, babe. Mm, And secondly, politics aside, a man broke his back. And we need to acknowledge that, regardless of what you think of his politics. This is a very serious injury. Yeah, and thirdly, I would argue, all of us are in a pretty tricky situation at the moment. Do you really want to be distracting us with this bullshit? We're in, we're in a statewide lockdown, for Christ's yeah. sake. Where's bigger? I don't want my leaders to be suddenly stirring the pot with conspiracy theories when we're pretty, like, businesses are going under. Yeah. We're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. The vaccine rollout's struggling. Do, some, do your job. I know. And also, like, I... I love that Ambulance Victoria had to be the voice oh, of reason. Oh, I know. That really, <laughs> yeah. So what, what did they say? They just... They just released the details. They just released, this is when the call came through, this is when the ambulance was dispatched and this is the suburb that it was going to and, yeah, to basically to confirm that this all was a bullshit conspiracy theory. And to that confirm wa- that Dan had the receipts, bitches. He kept his receipts. And it's just, but also it's so wild because they're also saying, so you're implicating the Alfred Hospital were involved in this cover-up and Ambulance Victoria and Lindsay Fox. And, like, it's wild that they thought everyone decided to have a meeting. To to what end, though? Like, what's the alternate theory on what Dan's been doing for the last 90-odd days? 
What what are we? <laughs> yes, it it did seem like an extremely high risk, very low reward strategy. <laughs> Do you think they were just relying on people's displeasure with the Andrews government at the moment? Like they just thought that anyone's looking for anything to cling on to because we're so desperately. But I think that American politics has proven there is a band of people out there that once you suggest this stuff will, no matter what, always believe it. Like people will always, some people will always believe that Barack Obama was not born in America. It doesn't matter how many times he shows his birth certificate or anything. I think they were playing to that and it really makes me upset because you want your leaders to appeal to people's better instincts, not... Mm you know, to appeal to their, I don't know, most vindictive conspiracy-minded instincts. Oh, well, anyway, who knows? I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Do you remember where I talked about my conspiracy theory of the swapping out of when Brett Sutton and Hot Oslan Guy together, sometimes they swap Hot <laughs> Oslan Guy out? Because we can't handle the hotness. Yes, I had a member of the Oslan community, another signer, who said that it is a conspiracy amongst Auslan interpreters. It's a thing. Really? That, yes. That, that, that they can't handle so much hotness. That there's a deliberate swap out between the two because it distracts people from the message. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're living proof of it. Correct. They've done the right thing, I have to say. Although I can't watch the press conferences anymore. Oh, I no. M has hit a point. Yeah. <laughs> you got vaccinated. Have you, like, grown a head or as 5G started <laughs> spouting from your nose? Like, what's happened? No, I'm really, really sorry to say that, unfortunately, if I didn't actually watch it going in, I wouldn't, wouldn't have, have felt it. Yeah, I did. I really didn't feel it. And then I can today, it was yesterday, I can feel like a little bit tender around where the injection was, but I know mm. I've had nothing. I did. And people told me I was going to have an amazing sleep and all these really wild dreams. Oh. And unfortunately for me, no, it's just been an ordinary day. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> but a delightful experience. I just, my one note would be, yes. I reckon if, I know we've got to be COVID safe, but some form of lolly or, or jelly beans or something like that. Like when you give blood. I would have what liked you that. Five? <laughs> yeah, I, I miss it. Well, now, you know, ever since I've been out, I can't freaking give blood because that's the, you know, yeah, I'm a gay man. So you oh, can't, we can't let gay men give blood. Exactly. And I'm not allowed to either because I have tattoos. And I went and when I went in I felt like, oh, it reminds me of how I used to, all these sort of friendly nurses and you get put in a comfy chair and all that sort of stuff and yeah, I, I wanted the sugar hit at the end of it. I still found <laughs> one myself. <laughs> Good. But it was very safe and efficient and if you and book in, book in because I was in and yeah. out in like half an hour. Yeah, yeah, we're booked in for two weeks, so I'll give you an update. All right, well, I think we've done bottoms, existential crises and conspiracy theories, which feels right on brand for us, so congratulations, Michael Lucas. We really started at the most facile, least important thing and then worked (laughs) our way up, didn't we? Yeah, that's good. It's what people come to expect from us. Sure. Have a great week. We'll chat to you soon. Chat soon. Bye. Bye. This is Insulation. All right, you got to the end. Congratulations. Have you been inspired to go watch Inside? Come on. Look, it may end up being that you watch it and you're like, and this is just a sweaty guy in his undies, like, getting depressed and filming it. Which it is, but it's so much more. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing us. Hey, I would like to ask you a favour. If you love us and you loved the episode you just heard, if you could forward it on to a mate who... Maybe is a bit confused by podcasts. I don't know. I am looking to grow the community. I want this to be my job forever. So we have to show Spotify that we are a valuable investment, that we will continue to grow and attract listeners. <laughs> but I need your help. 
Word of mouth is the best thing for me. I always believe my friends. I can go on about it and I can make ads and we can make shiny things, but I always believe my friends when they say, hey, this is amazing, you need to listen to it. So if you can just cut and paste an episode that you loved, might not be this one, might be another one, and send it to a friend who you know doesn't listen to podcasts or doesn't listen to us. That's the best thing you can do for me to support me and Michael. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy whatever it is you're doing. Thank you for being here. I'm off. I'm off to, I don't know, be honest, probably answer some emails. Who knows? Bye, guys. Insulation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Mark DeVilla. With videos by Liam O'Brien. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jim Evans and Georgia Watts. And occasional technical trickery and wizardry from M's dad, Vinci. Get more from M. Salation with M. Rossiano by following M. Salation Podcast on Instagram. You can also join our secret club by joining our Facebook group at M. Salation. And make sure you're following us on the Spotify app. We of course hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll chat with you again soon.